The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. You tell me when to go. You tell me when to go. You press you. You waving your finger. Is that the time to go? Okay. Hi, everybody. It's Dutch Allen here, Tinseltown News. We're going to have a great time here. I'm on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I enjoy that Kenny Knapsack. He's a good kid. A lot of fun. Uh, hung out with him one time at a comic book convention. He was good. Uh, he used to be uh, used to be funny man doing the movie news. Uh, and he, he, he wanted the, the movie news to be on his podcast feed, but he didn't want to do it anymore. So here I am, Dutch Allen with you guys here, Tinseltown News. We already said that. Uh, you, but you give me the notes. I'm talking to my producer. Uh, my producer's over in the corner there, and he's having a good time over there. Yeah, that's, I don't understand what you're waving at. All right, cool. Uh, here we are. Uh, we got a sponsor, the, the, the show here. What do you call this? The show, the radios, the podcast. I get it. I'm hip. I know you're looking at me, and I know you out there listening. You don't think I'm hip. Uh, just because I, I've been around Hollywood a long time telling people, go picture, uh, doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Uh, get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial. That's, uh, the web zone is uh, audibletrial.com slash files. Over, uh, over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 fl- uh, player. Uh, my uh, grandchildren have those things. Uh, they come over to the house, uh, and uh, old Grandpa Dutch uh, makes them some of his uh, famous butterscotch pudding. I'm really good at it. The key is just a little bit of uh, caramel flavoring, just to even out the butterscotch. Butterscotch by itself is is tough. Uh, it's a little too much for me. It's strong, but the kids love it. They walk around and they're on the phones and they're playing. And I love the phones too. I have my phones too. I I I I always say you got to adapt. You got to adapt. You can't just sit around and watch the world pass you by. So I knew I had I had an Apple IIG. Back in the day, my, my towards the end of my career before I decided to hang it up in Hollywood there, I, I was working off computers. I wasn't afraid of them there, you know? I wasn't afraid of them there. I love learning new things. And uh, here we are, learning new things. So if you want to get a book on tape, right? But it's like not on, but it's on your phone. You go to that website, uh, audibletrial.com slash the Nebsack Files. Uh, that's where we're out here. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, where, where, where I want to jump in here, where I want to start talking about here is this big news around the Star Wars picture. You see that today? This uh, this article goes around today. Uh, you you put it out a copy for me, which uh, thank you very much. This, uh, I like, I, I, again, I like the technology. I got no problem with the technology, but I like having it right here in my hands um, because that's what you feel it in your hands. Back when I had, when I have a young uh, your screenwriter pitching to me back in the studio, uh, you know, and, and you say, go picture, kid, uh, and uh, get all happy. You know what? You don't want to email them. You don't want to send electronic mail. You want it in your hands. It's exciting. It feels real. feels real to me. feels real to them. So um, I'm glad you printed out that story. But it is online. This article's online, and it's talking about the uh, Star Wars picture coming out here in May, which for me will always be the Star Wars month. I know, I know Disney uh, has moved everything to December. I think that's smart. I think that's good. They're making a lot of money. It's a holiday tradition for a new generation. But for me, I always uh, consider Star Wars to be 
in, uh, in, in, in May. And, you know, this uh, solo uh, called a solo, a Star Wars story, which seems redundant to me, but I guess I guess some people don't know what it might be. If you just say solo, uh, be, a, be a movie about solitude or something like that, and people don't want to see that there. I would have, if I was, if I was giving this one a go picture, I would have, I would have changed your title a little bit, but solo, a Star Wars story, it's coming up. Ronnie Howard's directing it, uh, but there's a lot of controversy around the movie, apparently, and I wasn't following up on it there, but I was reading up on this article today. We're going to talk about, let me, let me tell you something, too. Uh, I am a Star Wars fan. I like those Star Wars pictures. Big picture making is uh, is one of my favorite things. Those blockbusters, they, they call them nowadays. But back then, that's this was one of the first ones. I think this, uh, Jaws, the shark picture was good with uh, Stevie Spielberg. And uh, I am a fan and a friend of George Lucas. Uh, we haven't talked maybe 20 years, but I consider him a friend still. Uh, funny thing, so I was back, he was uh, shooting what I, what, I now know, what I now know was shooting American Graffiti. He was shooting that picture, and I'm walking around uh, the lot that day, and I was starving. You ever get so uh, my my one of my grandchildren, uh, Stephen, he calls it he calls it hangry. I was hangry. I was so hungry, but busy day, busy week, and it was towards the end of the week, and I'm walking around the lot, and I see I see them shooting, uh, or I see oh well that's that's the joke. I'm, I'm stepping on my joke. I'm stepping on my joke. I see uh, a, a diner. And I, have you ever been to Mel's Diner, uh, the, the drive-in, uh, the drive-up over there? You know, they, you know, it was a staple of my youth and my, my young adulthood. But uh, here, I see one, and I'm like, oh, great. They opened up a, a new commissary here on the lot, so I, so I just walk right in. And I was pretty aggressive. I, I walked in there fast. I was very intense. And I just, I, I, there was a someone behind the counter and, and, and an outfit. They had, they had the workers' outfit there, so the whole thing, you know? I mean, that was the detail. Uh, back in the day, you know, no green screens for, for Georgie back then. And so I, I start barking orders. I, I felt bad. I was a little bit of a jerk. I start barking orders there. And I say, you know, I want a double cheeseburger with fries, a uh, side of mayo, so I can dip the fries in the mayo. Don't question it. Just give it to me. And you know what? While I'm, while I'm thinking here, uh, I mean, you can, let me have a raspberry phosphate. Uh, just kind of put a smile on my face like I was a kid again, you know, like that. And uh, they, I, someone comes over to me. I hear in the background, I hear, I hear, cut cut and someone comes over to me he is skinny he's got a he's got a big beard and like a, a flannel shirt on and like a little leather jacket it's got some uh, it's a little ruined that he looks at me and he's like i ah, he's I got a high-pitched voice i don't like making fun of voices and he's like ah yeah you are my uh, you are my movie here uh, uh so i'm sounding like pesci but it's the georgie lucas and he says i I'm, you know i'm standing out uh I, I'm, uh, I'm making a movie here but you you were great you were, you were fast and intense, and I appreciate that. He tells me, and uh, but it was a set. It was it was a whole set. So that I, I after that moment, we talked. I really liked the picture, American Graffiti, which of course uh, Harrison Ford's in that one. Uh, Ronnie Howard's in that one, and uh, and Wolfman Jack, who I'd met. I partied one weekend down in Mexico City with Wolfman Jack back in 1965. We I can remember parts of that weekend. Me and Wolfman Jack go back away. He had a cameo in that picture. Kind of was a driving force in that uh, picture. Cindy Williams in that picture too uh, i think could have been a bigger star could have been a bigger star to me and so anyways we're uh at mckenzie was it was a mckenzie phillips uh, john phillips kid from the mamas and papas uh it was it was a great group great group i spent one whole uh weekend up in Laurel canyon 
with the mamas and the papas. Crosby was there. Nash was there. Young was out that day. Stills was out that day. And uh, and also uh, a young uh, Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood was there, too. He hadn't really cut. He was still playing the blues at the time. That we had a good time. I, I don't remember most of that weekend either. Uh, but anyways, uh, so after that, I became friends. I started following Georgie Lucas's career, American Graffiti. I knew it was going to be a good picture. And I think some people uh, didn't quite understand what was going to happen with that. Uh, Universal is the Universal, I think, had it there because it, it, it just I don't think they knew. So I told a good friend of mine, Alan Ladd Jr. We all know him as Laddie. He is one of the best guys. He was an up and coming executive at the time. Of course, he's son of son of Alan Ladd, uh, who was a friend of mine too. <laughs> Alan Ladd, uh, Alan Ladd, and I we would uh, play poker every now and then back at the house, have some stiff martinis, and uh, talk about the industry. So I knew I've known Laddie for a long time, and I tell Laddie, I said, "You gotta, you gotta get on this uh, little George Lucas kid there." And so he makes this uh, sci-fi picture, Star Wars, and I tell you what, I love it. I'm totally enthralled with it. I get all excited for the laser swords and all the things and the capes. I like capes. You know that? I like capes. In 1961, I wore a cape to work for about three straight months. I, I don't think people knew what I was doing there, and uh, they weren't as excited when I yelled, Go Picture! But I, I thought when I yelled, Go Picture, there was a cape. It just felt more official. So, so George Lucas, uh, Georgie Lucas comes out with that Star Wars picture. A lot of capes, a lot of laser swords. I loved it. And Sir Alec Guinness, man, I'll tell you what. I think one of the best performances of all time is, is him in, uh, in the River Kwai. Uh, is the bridge over? The River Kwai, a bridge on the River Kwai. I don't remember. I just call I, I just call it River Kwai. Uh, and and uh, Sir Alec, I'll tell you what, there was a gentleman there. I once off I, I was I once offered him at, a, at an after party for an event uh, a, a sip of brandy because I figured he's the type of chap that would like a sip of brandy. He he turned it down. He wanted he wanted a beer, but he was he was a good guy. He was down down to down to earth there at times there. But he was in that picture too. Anyways, I, I know I know I know. You give me the notes. You tell him that finger thing. What is that? The wrap up? Or move on? Move on? Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyways. Star Wars is is what it is. It, it's it's this big thing here, and you've got solo a Star Wars stories coming out. And I gotta tell you that this this article troubles me, but it doesn't trouble me for the movie. It just troubles me, but that this that this is uh, what we count as entertainment news now. All right, I I know I know entertainment news. All right, back in the day, uh, Ami Archer, that was a film reporter. Pauline Kael was a film reviewer. All right, th- that was that was the times, the the glory days. Army Archer and I, I would, I would, I got to admit, can I admit it now? What's the statute of limitations on this one, there? Army Archer and I, I would give him some information every now and then. We'd meet for a lunch, uh, you know, maybe go to like a Morton's or something like that, and over a nice medium rest steak, I would g- drop little hints to him, uh, and and he and he he kept that secret the entire time. He kept that secret the entire time is it is it okay if i smoked a cigar i don't i don't uh, i need studio rules i don't know what about my drink can i open up my drink that's good it's a good it's a it's a fruit juice in a can so this story comes out it's a, it's an unnamed source now as i just told you i'm okay i'm okay with unnamed sources that's how this town works i was an unnamed source for army archer for a long time i got no problem with that but it's, a, it's a supposedly an actor from the production. All right? An actor from the production. I don't trust that to begin with. What kind of actor? Who is he? Is it the kid playing Chewbacca? Because I don't think it is. All right? By the way, it's a good kid. Uh, I knew Peter Mayhew. Uh, me and him uh, had, a, had a good steak dinner one time uh, back in 1984. Uh, he was wondering what was going to happen next, you know? You know the, he didn't know there'd be more Star Wars pictures. And I think he appeared in... Uh, 
one of them, uh, the early ones, the, the, the backstory ones that uh, Georgie made later on, uh, which are okay. They're not my favorite, but uh, they're okay. But anyways, I don't, I, so is it that? It's not, it's not, who's on this picture right now? Uh, you got you got Woody Harrelson. Woody 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 talks. I know Woody. I know Woody. I, um, he wasn't sure coming out of uh, coming out the TV show he was on, the bar show. Uh, uh, Cheers, the one Cheers. I, I love Cheers. Cheers was great. I used to, I used to laugh at Cheers all the time. And uh, Woody, you know, Woody Woody wasn't sure. I, I had a good conversation with Woody one time. We ran into each other down there on Sunset, and uh, we were just I was just walking around. I like I like to do that every now and then. I'd walk around. So and Woody Woody I, he he wasn't sure he was going to do White Man Can Jump and. And, uh, you know, it's number one. That's a fact. Two, do the picture. And Woody had a, So I, I trust Woody. I don't think he's going to do it. They got, the, they got the girl from the Dragon Show. She's not going to do it. She needs, she needs this to be a hit. All right. You got, uh, you got the kid who's, uh, he does the singing and the writing, and he's very funny. He's playing. He's, uh, he's young Billy D. Williams, which, by the way, I don't know if there was a, a more charismatic star at his, at his peak uh, other than um, other than Billy D. Williams. All right. You know, he would walk into a room, and he didn't just own the room. He like sold the room and bought it back at a at a lower price, proving he was more in control of the room than he was when he first walked in. He was uh he and Gil 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 Gerard, who was on the T V side at the time, might have been two of the most uh, charismatic uh, individuals uh, I've ever seen. So this kid stepping into his shoes, I, you're not gonna you're not gonna mess it up. You know, uh, you know, I I know there's some other people in the picture but uh, you know they're not going to do it. They're not going to. They're not going to squeal. And again, it's okay. I'm okay with unnamed sources. But they're not going to squeal. They're not going to squeal. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So who is this? Is this a glorified extra? You know, I, extras are, are, are downside. They, you have to have them. Extras. Are, you you got a picture in the making. You got to have an extra. But you know, it, 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 there's actors and there's extras. And the, and I know some extras think they're going to be actors. But let's say the hard truth here. All right, that's a hard truth. I need you to walk from point A to point B and not mess up the scene and you're out of focus in the background and, and 80% of them can't do it right. 80% of them can't do it right. And that's, that's, that's not fine. That's not fine. But anyway, that's a different conversation. So what is it, some of them? And you're going to trust an, ex, an extra? You're going to tr- uh, trust a, a second or third tier actor who's in the background holding like a laser gun or something like that? And this whole story is based around it here. It's, and it, a lot of this, uh, you know, you can't confirm it. How are you going to confirm it? I know Ronnie Howard. I could get him up on the phone and call him, but I'm not going to do that there. So you got these other directors. So the, so the base of the story, yo, because this, this picture, you got the, the kids who made the Lego picture. And it's funny. Huh? You, oh, you're looking at me weird. You're looking at me weird, but I know Legos. Dutch, Dutch Island knows, knows Legos. My grandchildren, they like those Legos. I stepped on a brick one night, one of them Lego bricks. It's like maybe 10 years ago. One of my uh, grandchildren was about three, four years old, left it up. They were staying for the weekend. I, t- I told the kid, uh, told my son, hey, come on by. Drop the kids off. Uh, go take the lady out for a nice romantic weekend. Uh, you know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, you, well, you find that odd that I'd say that to my son? It was, you know, you know, you know he knows about the birds and the bees. I Obviously. So it's fine. So I stepped on one of them bricks. And I'll tell you what, I spent two hours in the emergency room. It was not fun. I lost, uh, I lost part of my uh, big toes nail. It was, it was, I, I don't even know how it happened. But anyways, you got uh, these two directors, uh, uh, Lord Miller coming in. They're, taking, they're, they're on this picture. And by all accounts, it, it's not going well. All right? And if a Kathy Kennedy come in there and fire them that late in the game, and I know that story, that, that means something. That means there's some truth to what's in this article. And I will say that. There's some truth to what's going on in here. All right, you got some people who who maybe uh, just didn't jive with the production. That's all right, okay. Uh, That's all right. Now uh, you got to take directions. You got to take directions from the people who are writing your checks and the people who are making your movie. You're not 
you're not an upper level tier director yet. And I think that's part of the problem. We take these young directors. We give them these uh, titles of our tours. All right, the last art tour, in my mind, is, is, was, is, is Paul Thomas Anderson. Before that, Marty Scorsese, Coppola, Spielberg, Lucas, Milius. Milius could have been, but he liked his guns too much, I'll tell you what. Uh, he, Milius was on the track. He might have been the best of them all, but he got, he got, he got, he went down a different path there. But so you, these guys, so the, you got one big picture that comes in. I know they do some TV stuff and, and they, and they're, they're popular. Kids like them and not just like kids, kids, but like the young, the young movie going set likes them. So they go on the set and then it becomes this, uh, it's not working. All right. You're not John Ford. I knew John Ford. Uh, there was one time a studio, uh, studio head came down. Uh, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the lower tier ones, like second, third in charge. He comes down. He tries to tell John Ford, this is about 1964, what to do. Hey, what if you think about uh, shooting this shot from like another angle? That guy ended up selling vacuums and was dead by 1974. I'm not saying by Ford, but 10 years later, drank himself to death. I'm pretty sure of it. Though I did buy one of his vacuums. It was good. So, you know, Kathy Kennedy makes this decision. I stand by Kathy Kennedy. She knows how to make pictures. She's been doing this a long time. When I was leaving the business, she was coming up the ranks. And so I, uh, I, I trust what she's saying. And you bring in something like Ron Howard there to settle down the production there. That's okay. I don't think it's, it's, it's unprecedented from some uh, points of view, but it's, it's not out of the ordinary. So I fool, I fool, I trust it. It's okay. And then you got this idea, you know, the, the height, this, this big thing that the movie's going to be, this whole article saying this movie's going to be bad. Here's why the movie's going to be bad. And it lists the, you know, fire the directors, uh, script rewrite. You know how many times I've seen scripts being rewritten and rewritten over, 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 over. You know how many times I know a lot of, I know a lot of youngsters out there that want to write their screenplays. They, uh, they sit down at the typewriters or, uh, what do you call that? The books, the MacBooks, they sit down there, they go to a coffee shop, you put on a, uh, you know, your headphones, you listen to some inspirational music, and you're going to write your script, all right? You got three-act three, three act structure and the truth. You're going to tell your story. That's great. That's, how, that's where a lot of things start. But once you finish that script, and maybe you rewrite a few times, and, 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 you, and you start sending it around, you know, uh, type up a good query letter, send it to an agency or something like that. By the time it gets up to the time that I, someone like me is looking across the table at you and saying, you've got go picture, that script is, is, if it's had 10 drafts by then by you, and it better at least have 10 drafts by you, by the time that picture's done, that script's got 60 drafts. And I'll tell you what, if it was possible to rewrite the script on the day the movie's released to the public, I would want to make it happen because you're always tinkering here. So this idea that the script went through rewrites, that's nothing there. And then this idea, this kills me. You got this, this kid, Al Ehrenreich. Is that his name? What is it? What are you looking at? What are you writing? Uh, come on now, Petey. Alden, there it is. Write, write legible. If you're going to give me notes as my producer here on the show, write legible on that little whiteboard there. Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. So Alden Ehrenreich uh, is his name. Do you see this kid in the Coen Brothers uh, film, which is a, a, a Hail Caesar? It's a good picture. I'll tell you what, it's a good picture. It takes me back. It takes me back. They really nailed some stuff there. George Clooney. George Clooney is, uh, he, he, that's a star. You know what I mean? That's a star. There's, there's a couple stars out there left. Yeah, Tom Cruise is one. Cruise is one. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, who's, I'll tell you who I think is the star. I, I, I think he's, he might not even be at his full potential yet, which is scary. 
and it's and it's uh, Downey Jr. Bobby Downey Jr. I knew and I knew Bob Senior. Bob Senior and I used to go down with Paul Mazursky and Robert Altman. We'd be down there at the Farmers Market, Third and Fairfax, down there at Heart of Hollywood. We'd be having a cup of coffee in the coffee corner. We sit down, we read the trades, and we talk and we talk and we talk and we go home. Or sometimes we just go to work and make magic. You know what I mean? So yeah, Mazursky, Mazursky, God rest his soul, was great there. And uh, you know, so um, I, 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 uh, I just absolutely love Aaron Reich. Uh, the kid in Hail Caesar. You know what I mean? Absolutely love him. Uh, he's a star. Uh, what What was I talking about? What was I talking about? Bob, you're talking about Bob Downey. Oh, Bob Downey. Yeah, Bob Downey and I. Uh, but Robert Downey Jr. is a star too. That, I don't even think he's at his peak. And I knew it. I knew it. All right? I knew it when he was coming out. He was on, he was on that show in New York for a while, the comedy show for a while with, with the Lorne Michaels show. And, it, it, and that, wasn't, that wasn't for him. It didn't fit well for me. But I'll tell you, he did Chaplin. All right? And now I, I had, I shared an omelet with Charlie Chaplin once, 1960. He was still very quiet. He was out of the business. You know what I mean? Dark times for him. But I shared an omelet with him and heard stories. I asked stories. I asked questions. He, told, he had answers. And I saw, I saw Bobby Downey Jr., uh, inhibit, in, excuse me, inhabit, not inhibit, <laughs> inhabit that role there. And uh, that was spectacular to me. That was very spectacular. And then he gets some problems, all right? We all have some problems, all right? I told you I had some problems, um, you know, some weekends. I had, uh, I had a weekend. You know, I know, I know Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Downey Jr. wakes up in someone else's house. And I've done that. I did that. Me and my lady at the time, Betsy, we were up in uh, Blue Jay Way in the Hollywood Hills. You know what up there? Yeah, but up there, it's deep in the Hollywood Hills. It's called Blue Jay Way. Used to live on there. there. And the Mop Top guys, George, uh, little Georgie Harrison, wrote a song about it. Uh, and I remember that because that summer, '68, uh, me and my girl at the time, Betsy, we stayed up at our house on Blue Jay Way, and we took some of the hashish and we smoked it. We got naked. We sat down in the living room, had a martini each. Uh, smoked a bowl of this hashish, and I end up I end up waking up in a house two down, two doors down, a neighbor I hardly even knew. Uh, I woke up; they were staring at me. I had barely a sock; I think I had one sock on, and uh, they looked at me kind of oddly. And then next thing you know, uh, I stayed there for dinner, and it was a good time. So, so to hear that, uh, hear that Bobby Bobby Downey Jr. wakes up in someone else's house, and he goes through troubles, and the kid works through it. He buckles down and works through it. You give him a chance, now he's a star. All right, he becomes Iron Guy in those Avenged Team pictures. He's doing great. I don't even think he's done. He and Clooney, they're stars. But anyways, I digress. I know, I know, Petey, you're giving me that look. You're giving me that look, Petey. Don't lie. Don't lie. I want, I want to sip on my fruit juice. You can edit it out later. You got the little computer with all you. Yeah, it takes all the sound and you make it happen. Anyways, Aaron Wright comes in here. You, you know how hard it is to try to take on a role established by someone else. You know how hot it is? That's, that's nigh impossible. And when, one of the, when it's Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, I, I don't know him too well. I know I got a lot of stories where I know a lot of people. I don't know Harrison Ford too much. I, I liked his work in Mosquito Coast. I'll tell you that. I told him that once. And you know what he said to me? Thanks. That's all he said. Thanks. I like him. I like what he does. He's, a, he's got a great presence. Uh, a little scared he keeps flying those planes, all right? All right? At my age, at my age, I'm not even sure I'm going to stay in the seat upright the entire length of the show, which got, we're almost done, thankfully. 
you know. Um, but he, this guy's flying airplanes, and, and and now he wants to play. He wants to play Indiana, Indiana Jones again. He wants to grab that whip. I like those pictures too. Stevie Spielberg, uh, Stevie Spielberg knows what he's doing there. You know, and he and Georgie, when he and Georgie combine and tell stories, uh, forget the alien, the one with the aliens. It was uh, it wasn't as bad as people thought, but I, it was okay. So it, I, yeah, I know, I know. You're pointing to the whiteboard. I get it. Aaron Rack, Alden Aaron Rack. He is stepping into the shoes of this character, uh, played by Harrison Ford, that is an all-timer. It's an all-timer. I knew May 1977, because I saw, I knew an American graffiti. All right? I knew, you know, he's driving up and down in the, fan, in the old car doing the drags, uh, the drag race and the whole stuff. Harrison Ford was a star then. When you talk about stars, it's a star. I think I think a lot of times, I mean, maybe not as versatile as some of the other guys, but he, but he's a star. He feels up the screen, shoes up scenery. He's got command of what's going on on those films, on those pictures. And Aaron Reich, you can't ask that kid. You can't ask that kid to, uh, you can't ask him to, to do that. And this article is hinting, it's saying, uh, it's saying that, the, and, and it has this title, The Issues with Alden. There's no issues with Alden. Calm down now. All right. He's going to play a little different role. Guess what? It's a, it's a different actor. But it t- talked about that, that they had uh, problems uh, working on, on his impression. His qu- I'm quoting here, impression of Harrison Ford. And that is that is bonkers. That is bonkers. I don't think for a second that the, the Kathy Kennedy would want to bring any actor in after they get a go picture for this to have him do some kind of a second rate impersonation. All right. There's people I've seen him. I've seen him. Uh, you you showed me that one kid, that one kid who who was in the picture, who's on the, on the internet there, who does uh, a really good, he does a really good Harrison Ford. You know, like you look at him, yeah, he looks like him, sounds like him. Okay, that's great. Can you act, kid? Can you carry a picture? Can you carry a picture on opening day weekend? This is a Star Wars picture. You don't want some. You want to take some kid off the street. You want to take a professional. And he, the thing about Aaron Reich and Hale sees it. Is he is he is playing a bad actor? It's hard to play a bad actor. It's really tough, and he carries that. He carries that picture. It wasn't my favorite of the pictures. No, absolutely. I like the I like that Fargo one. I like that Burn After Reading. People don't. I don't. That one's got a good feel to it. That one's got a good feel. To it. What? Which one? Laba, Laba, uh, the bo- the bowling one. No, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that one. Um, so they say this article says. That the and I'm reading straight from the article here, and the one that you that you printed out for me. The studio took the nearly unprecedented move of hiring an acting coach to help star Alden Ehrenreich more convincingly channel Ford's swashbuckling effect in the original three Star Wars movies, and don't forget the new one they made a couple years ago with the kids. I like Harrison in that one too. He's got some funny lines. All right, he still got it. Swashbuckling away. Yeah, I get what they're saying. It's a fancy word. This, the person, I'm not disrespecting the person that wrote this article. It's a fancy word to use, swashbuckling. Makes you sound like you know what you're talking about in Hollywood. All right, Donald, Donald Fairbanks was a swashbuckler. That was probably the last one in Hollywood. And that's, and that's, and that's a fact, according to me, Dutch Island. So they said they said they hired an unprecedented move of hiring an acting coach and having an onset acting instructor may have assailed Ehrenreich's sense of pride, but almost immediately made an impact on his line delivery. Oh, that's good. The, 
The source says the coach helped. And they put an exclamation point here as if the source, this unnamed actor, is like, they oh, my gosh, an acting coach helped. News at 11. Bring, bring the paper boys down to the corners and start shouting the headlines. An acting coach helped. Let me tell you something. All right? Let me tell you something. And I'm looking at you, Petey, but I'm talking to the audience. Hiring an acting coach and putting them on set during the production of a movie is not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. Gary Oldman just won an Oscar for being Winston Churchill, who I never did meet, but I read some quotes about him and I liked him. He won an Oscar for that. He is an acting coach. Oh, what are you going to do? Throw out, throw out his Oscar? It isn't college. It isn't trade school. You don't come here, take the train, take the bus, and get out here on the streets of Hollywood, hit the pavement, and say, where do I go to learn to be an actor? All right? That's that Steve Martin, who's one of the smartest kids in this town. Steve Martin made that picture both of them, and he's got the actress in there. What's her name? The blonde? The what the? What's, what do you say? Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Beautiful. Talented. I'm trying to say talented before I say beautiful. I'm hip with the times, all right? She, uh, she has that line, where do I go to be an actress? I threw up my beer when I was watching the screening because I always like to bring a beer to the, to the studio screenings, you know? I, I spit it up. Ba-boof! Ba-boof! That's a funny line. That's a true line. It, it's not what happens. You don't hit there. You don't pull one of them little tabs off a flyer off or, or next to a, a, a light pole or something, you know? I've seen those when I'm driving through the streets. Uh, now or now getting driven through the streets because, again, I don't trust my driving. How does Harrison Ford fly a plane? I don't know. It doesn't. So that's you got that that idea. If that's in this, that's what this article's saying. Unprecedented move to hire an acting coach. No, that's normal. In fact, it might be recommended. You know how hard it is to be an actor, especially on these big pictures. The pressure on these kids making these pictures. And throwing this one, you're, you're putting on the vest of Harrison Ford. You got the blaster that he probably held. They probably made a, a model like it. So you're supposed to be him. But no one's going to hire you to impersonate him. They're going to they're gonna hire you to act. And if you're struggling, because sometimes, God forbid, a, a young kid learning his trade, or a young kid carrying a picture, cracks, and you got two knucklehead directors doing crazy makeup-ups, uh, do another take. I said, this article says 30 takes. Now, uh, some of the stuff, again, I heard some of this stuff. So some of it's true. Some of it's true. And you're going to bring an acting coach to maybe calm him down, to focus. That is, that is not only normal, it is recommended. And the fact that they did it shows that they trusted this kid to do it. And even though I know what people are saying, I read the papers. I read the headlines. Oh, he doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. Do you want someone to sound like Harrison Ford? Or do you want someone to embody the character of Han Solo? All right? What do you want? What does Kathy Kennedy want? What does Larry Larry Kasdan? What does he want? He doesn't want a Harrison Ford one-trick pony impersonator. He wants an actor. By the way, Larry Kasdan's Silverado is one of the underrated, underrated Westerns. Of all time. Danny Glover's in that picture. And I gotta tell you something. That's one of the underrated actors of all time. Check it out. Silverado. 
They don't want that. Larry Kasdan doesn't want that. Kathy Kennedy doesn't want that. No one wants that. Ronnie Howard comes on the picture. He doesn't want that. So an acting coach helped, helped, and you're, you're supposed to, this is breaking the lid off this story of why this movie ain't going to do good. The, the, one of the stars had an acting coach. God forbid. I wish a lot more stars would have acting coaches. The only one who I saw who walked on the set and just had natural ability and still does to this day, though he is sometimes maligned, is John Travolta. Saturday Night Fever and the underrated sequel, Staying Alive, directed by Sly. That guy carries it. It's not just his abs and his hip, hip movements in the dances, all right? You probably thought that, Petey, when you're watching it. That guy didn't need an acting coach. But other people do. But if, if, if Johnny Travolta at one point had said at any point during the making of Look Who's Talking, hey, I might need someone to help me get through some of this stuff. The director's busy. Can I bring in a coach? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to say yes. So the fact that this article throws it out there, like this is the reason. This is the reason this picture's going to suck. <sighs> Unbelievable. And reshoots. Yeah, Ronnie Howard comes in. He's going to get the director credit. The fired kids are going to get executive producer. It's fine. It's fair. That's what it's going to do. But this, this unnamed source, I know he's saying some things that are probably true because we know something happened. You don't just fire two directors, mind you, co-directors, which is, which is not my favorite thing. All right? It's not my favorite thing. Uh, you know, unless you're going to get... Unless you're going to get William Wyler and John Ford in a room together and say, "I want you to tag team this this picture," you know. And by the way, none of they they both get up and turn their backs on you for good and walk out of the room. But I find I find the co-directing things a little weird for me. But uh, I, it's not my game anymore. You know, it's not. My, I guess they work well together. One does because they well, they, they, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the Coens do it. I know you. I know. Just because I didn't see the bowling picture doesn't mean I know. I don't know that the the Coen brothers don't take it. But they got a system. Like one kind of produces more, one directors more. Maybe they switch the roles. I don't know. They've got a track record. These kids got, what, a Lego movie? And and, and a raunchy comedy under their belts? And now you're making a Star Wars picture? This is why we should give uh, other people chances. You know what I mean? I don't understand. It's one of my things that drives me crazy. I understand. Should be more ladies directing these pictures. And, and and they're not ready. Well, how are these two guys ready? When I'm sitting there with a, a broken toenail because I stepped on a Lego brick and I'm cursing their names because of the damn movie, uh, you know, now uh, give, give someone else a shot. But that said, you bring in a veteran like Ronnie Howard. He comes in there, settle things down. He should get the credit. This is going to be his movie. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So all this hoopla... That's what you wanted to talk about on Tinseltown News today, huh? Hoopla. We can talk about other things. We can run down other things, but I think this is, this is the meat story. This is the meat of the story. This is what's going around. What is going around is this idea that the solo Star Wars picture is not going to be good because they had to fire the directors and acting coaches on set. They had to rewrite the scripts, do some reshoots, reshoots other than the director thing. Everything else you're describing is relatively normal to big picture filmmaking. All right? That's what it is. That's what it is. You, it's just a different time. You didn't, I know French Connection, one of the all-time classics, French Connection, they didn't do like two weeks of reshoots. Hackman didn't want to do them, but they had to do it. 
It was in his contract. You didn't hear about it. Army Archer kept that kind of stuff under wraps. That's what the kind of film reporting was going on back then. Nowadays, they just want to run a story. They want you to get you to read it. What do you call it? Click. You're writing it down. What is it? What is it now? Clickbait. Clickbait. Which sounds, which sounds dirty, and it is. Should be a dirty term. That's all they're doing. They want you to read. Solo, a Star Wars picture. It's going to suck. I don't use that term. I've used it twice. I don't like that term. Bomb is more of my style. It's going to bomb. And then this, I love this article. It talks about the other Star Wars picture, which I did like, because I like Mark Hamill. I think that kid, uh, Corvette Summer, was, was a good picture. They said that picture, the Jedi, last Jedi picture, two million, two hundred million short of analyst predictions. Who the flipping flake? I don't want to cuss on the knapsack fuss. Frack? I don't understand that. Frack? Who the flipping frack is what you want me to say, Petey? Sounds terrible. Who the flipping frack? There you go. Thinks, what are these analysts? What are they predicting? Huh? You don't know. You don't know what you're doing. Numbers. I see this going on in Major League Baseball. I love my baseball. And I used to watch my Yankees. Used to, you know who my favorite Yankee was? Gil McDougal. Utility infielder. And, and, and also liked, I liked Johnny Blanchard. He was on the team in 61. Outfielder, catcher. He'd come in and spell Maris and Mantle every now and then. He'd sp- uh, spell Elston Howard, Yogi Berra. He had about uh, 20, uh, I think about 24 home runs in 1961. That was a great team. That was the greatest team of all time in my, in my time. I know, the, I know the other team, the 99 Yanks were pretty, 98 Yanks were pretty good. Of course, 27 Yanks, I, I don't have a fresh memory of him. But I'll tell you what, the 61 Yanks, best baseball team of all time, took care of the Reds in the World Series. It was a good time. It was a good time. Maris, that's the record of the year. Mantle, I think Mantle would have broke the record if he hadn't gotten hurt. But Johnny Blanchett on that team, my, one of my favorite Yankees, Gil McDougal in the 50s when I was a lot younger. A lot younger, Petey. Uh, yeah, I, I like, no, I watch my Yankees now. I, I like my Yankees. This Aaron Judge kid's good. He's going to be good. Anyways, I, what, was, what was I talking about? What was I talking about? You, you totally got me off track, Petey, talking about the Yankees. I don't understand. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, he's talking about, uh, that's the analysts. Analysts predicting things. You, you either get on the field and can hit the ball far, or you can't. And I, I believe in that's the numbers I believe in. Yeah, I, I understand some of these other statistics they got. I've seen them. Uh, his, uh, when it's 62 degrees outside and the crowd is kind of cold, but they're still eating food, this, this batter bats 375. Okay, I'm not going to say that you're lying. I'm not going to say those stats aren't true, but what does, it, what does it feel like in your heart when you watch that guy play? This guy bets 210 when a left-handed pitcher comes in and his last name has four syllables. Okay, that's a good statistic. I understand it. But what happens? I see that guy with my eyeball. All right, the last Jedi was a success. Don't, don't let anyone else tell you that. And no one in Lucasfilm is overly concerned about what's going on with a, so- a solo picture. And they're certainly not concerned because someone brought in an acting coach to help a young kid in a big role. Ludicrous. And that's why this article was relatively bunk. Can we give it that? You want me to give on this show? What do you want me to do? Like ranks? Bunk? Relatively bunk? Complete bunk? I don't know. I don't know. What's some other news? You want to talk about some other news? I don't really know. I know they're starting to shoot that Captain Marvel picture. 
Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that Brie Lawson. She's very talented, and uh, they're adding some people to that cast. I know uh, it's uh, those Marvel. I you know my superhero. I lo- I do like the superheroes. I know you don't think so. I like the Star Wars stuff. I, I like Indiana Jones. I keep up on it. I know you don't think so, but the superhero, the superhero genre, I I'm bitter about because I loved the Superman television show and George Reeves. That to me is my Superman. And I told George Reeves we went to lunch one day at Spago. It was a Friday afternoon. I'll never forget it. And the show was going on. The show was going on. And I said, George, we got to get Superman to the big screen in a big way. And we were going to work on it. And they say that role's kind of cursed. And it didn't work out for him. And then I saw it again. I saw it again. You had Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman and Robin. And that, to me, is not a bigger presence in the Bat Cape than Adam West. And I know my capes, as I said before. And I, I, to this day, when they made that Batman picture, put on the big screen. And I'm not talking, no, I'm not talking about the one with uh, Michael Keaton. I'm not talking about the one uh, with uh, the, what's the intense kid, Bale. I liked him in Newsies, you know that? Newsies, underrated. And Little Women, about 1994, Little Women comes out with Nona Ryder, which is uh, another interesting tale there. But uh, uh, the Bale kid comes out in that, and he was something there too. And he's good. These are good guys. Uh, Keaton's great. Uh, Keaton's fun. Uh, Keaton and I won, won, uh, won Golden Globes during a commercial break. I sat down and said, hey, uh, Mr. Mr. Michael Keaton, pleasure to meet you. My name's Dutch Allen. I'd like to I'd like to just sit down and share a drink with you. And he goes, I know who you are, Dutch. Sit down. And we talked about it. We talked about uh, Gung Ho, Mr. Mom, all of it. And uh, that's a that's a class act there. So I, I'm a fan of those guys. But for me, Adam West was Batman. That's who it should have been. That's who it should, always should be. And that when they did that picture in the sixties, they put it up, they took it from TV, they put it up on the picture. And I thought, ah, this is gonna this is gonna hit. This is gonna be big. And I remember telling Adam West that. We were at the commissary having a, I was having a rye, a rye bread pastrami sandwich. And I looked, I looked at the West right in the eyes and I said, hold on to your cape because it's about to get crazy. You're going to go to a next level. You're going to go to the next level. And it didn't, it, quite frankly, it didn't happen. I might've been one of the only times I was really wrong and regret it. I didn't have anything to do with it. I, I kept trying to find pictures for him. I kept trying to find something to get him, get him going there. And I just, it just went a different direction there, you know? Adam West, kind of a sad tale, but I liked later in his life, he did a voice in that uh, the cartoon the kids liked, and uh, he was good. He, was, he went out respected. You know, he's my Batman. So these superhero pictures, and I hear this, I read this, uh, Captain Marvel started shooting. Well, of course it started shooting. Is this news? Is this what we got now for news? Tinseltown news, Petey? It's going to be this? Talking about a movie's shooting. Yeah, no shit a movie's shooting, Sherlock. They shoot movies all the time, every day. Talk to me when the poster is hanging in a theater. When I see that one sheet, hanging in a theater with the lights around it. That's when I want to talk about the picture. Not, oh, first day on set. You know what the first day on set is? They're probably shooting something where Brie Larson reaches for a drink, and it's like, it's probably a stand-in. All right? There's a, is, it, it, it drives me crazy, some of these stories. But we'll talk about it. I know. I talked to Kenny Napsock. That's what he wants to do. He wants to talk a little bit about the movie news. That's what we're going to do. And that's it for now. All right? You trust me out there listening. Dutch Allen. Gives you a guarantee. Solo, Star Wars picture is going to be okay. That kid's going to do good. You guys are having a good time. 
that's it for now. Be sure to subscribe to this channel on uh, where the podcasts are. Go to that Audible thing, audibletrial.com slash the Dabsack Files and get a, get a free uh, audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. I like that wood free. Even though I got some money, Petey, I like the wood free. All right? I'm sorry for swearing. I'd like to apologize for that. You can follow uh, the, the Knapsack Files on Patreon, patreon.com slash Knapsack Files. I don't understand that at all. But to me, they, Kenny, Kenny Knapsack explained it to me. It's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, he's a Dutch, kind of like when you used to try to make the pictures. And you go around trying to get some uh, capital to make the pictures. Uh, that's what he's doing. It's building this podcast feed. Check it out there. You guys know what to do. Find him on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. But I'm not on the Twitter. Dutch Island's not going to be on the Twitter. I'm not gonna, I, lo- I know. I know what you're saying, Petey, but I thought you said you keep up on things, Dutch. Well, I try to. I do try to, but I'm okay. We're staying off that one for a while. That's it. That's it for now. We'll talk later. More Tinseltown news coming your way here on the Hapstock Files podcast feed. I like that. You want to go to the, You want to go down to Morton's? Yeah, I was talking about it. Yeah, I was talking about it. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I was talking about it. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll get more. You want to go? Petey, come on. Grab your jet.